That's great. The whole family up there, amen? I like it. Up next week, the Gaylers. <laughs> amen. I love it. Luke 15 is where we're at, please. Thank you so very much. All those Stanleys. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you. Luke 15. Now, we know this passage of Scripture, as I said, and we read through it on purpose here. We have three main characters. We got the father. He's pretty important. We got the younger son. He seems to be what everybody makes his story out to be about. And then we have the elder son. (coughs) And so let's look at this tonight. If you consider this, let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, do something special tonight, please. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us this parable. Lord, a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. May we understand what you have for us tonight. May we make great application as you see fit. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us and help us to respond accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. The Father. The Father here is the picture of God the Father. When, we, when we're looking at this, uh, we understand that uh, uh, God the Father is seen here through the Father. I want you to notice several things about Him. He loved both His sons equally. Sometimes we forget that. He loved both His sons equally. Okay? I'm not saying God the Father has more than one son. I'm saying that in this story, the Father has two sons, and He is a picture of God the Father, but he loved both his sons equally. When we read about Jacob and how Jacob had a favorite, that's not the way God intended it. Do we understand that? That, that caused a lot of great turmoil, a lot of problems in that family. When, when moms and dads picked favorites and then siblings begin to fuss with one another and they get hurt and all these things, uh, that's not the way that God intended it. He loved both of his sons here. But it could seem as if he loved the younger one a little bit more. But when we, when we consider the whole passage here, we know that not to be true. Help me here tonight. Did, did the younger son hurt his father by what he did? Oh, certainly. If you would say, well, it doesn't seem that way, then you must not be a parent. Because you know when you invest in your children and one of them decides to go astray and go away and go opposite of what you taught them, it hurts. It hurts. Okay? John said, what does he say? I, I have so much joy that my children walk in truth. Did he say that? I believe it was 2 John or 3 John. And uh, we understand that. But notice that daddy didn't sell the farm. Daddy didn't sell the farm. He didn't sell everything and go chasing after his younger son to to go find him, to go uh, preach to him, to go pull him back. He stayed put and he stayed faithful. Listen here, folks. We need to understand. Let's see this clearly here. When, When we throw in the towel because somebody in our family has, when we give up, when we throw in the towel, when we leave everything, when we chase after them, they have nowhere to come home to. That's important. They have nowhere to come home to if mom and dad are just done and quit. Trying to help uh, uh, families with this this mentality, 
for a long time was helping my wife and I befriending and helping a, 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 a lady in the church. And she had a daughter that she had in the Christian school. And her husband was unsaved. And he lived life in such a way that it made it difficult for her. She worked to pay all the bills. And she kept her, young, her daughter in school. And all of that. And for years was faithful. And then after a while it started to get to her. And she gave up. And she threw the towel in. And she stopped coming. And how I hurt for that family because her daughter. The only hope her husband had to come to Christ was through her example. The Bible says that a wife would be young, uh, a a unbelieving husband can be won by the the conversation of the wife means the lifestyle and how she's living that by example, and that little girl. I wonder what hope she'll have at this point. I don't know if she was saved at that point or not. I do not know that. But we see here that there was an older son that the father seemed to not pay as much attention to. But let us remember that the elder son was doing exactly that which was expected of him. His responsibility. Notice in the passage here, very la- the second to last verse, he's uh, worried about his own, what he's going to get, and his, uh, the inheritance coming to him. And the father says, uh, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. He loved him just the same. He was going to help him. He was going to give him inheritance. But one thing we we do know is that the father was compassionate. He was loving. When the younger son came home, he didn't grab him by his ear and drag him to the house and, and beat on him and get after him. What did he do? When his, when, his young, when his younger son started coming over that hill, he saw him, he ran to him, he hugged him and kissed him. And he said, welcome home, boy, I love you. Some of you needed that. Praise God for second chances. I was one of those. Many of you were one of those. Praise God for second chances. Praise God for a mommy and a daddy that just has their arms open and loves on them and say, come on home. This is place for you. Shame on us Christians that when somebody's not been around here and they walk through these doors, that what do we do? Where you been? What have you been up to? And we get on them and we're harsh with them. No, 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 no. You love them and you thank them for coming home been praying for you and I love you. I'm so glad you're here. Man, exactly what this morning's message was all about. God loves you. I love you and I want to help you and you're welcome here. Yeah, so you've gotten into a mess. So you look different. So your hair's a different color. So you got some piercings. So you got some tattoos. So you, you look like you've been in the world. I still love you and you're welcome here. Amen? Why? Because we're all knuckleheads and we've all done some dumb stuff. Yeah? Yeah, we've all done some dumb stuff. Yeah, that's right. But you're welcome here. And we love you. Amen? Now we're going to preach against sin here, but we're going to love people. We're going to love sinners. Amen? Daddy said, come on home. You see, he threw the robe on him and he put a ring on his finger. You know what that was all about? It wasn't just about getting him dressed up a little bit. It was about identification. 
He'd come back home and he didn't look like his son very well. He'd been in the, he'd been in the slop of the pig pen. Yeah, and he put a ring on his finger and a robe on him and said, you're my son and I'm, you're going to be identified as my son because I love you. Amen. Aren't you glad that God the Father has done that to us? Yeah, because I'm a sinner and Jesus Christ paid for my sin and, and saved me and God adopted me to be part of his family and he said, I'm going to identify with you because you're my child. Amen? Amen? And he, he didn't say you got to clean up your act first and you got to look at all, you got to look a certain way and shape a certain way. He didn't do all that. He said, You want to get saved, you come to me. You can be saved. You can be my child. Amen. Amen? That's God the Father for, for us. Amen? Praise God for that. Praise God for second chances. One, one of the most magnificent verses in all of Scripture is when Jonah, uh, and I think it's Jonah 3, I didn't write it down. But it says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. After he'd messed up, after he'd been a knucklehead, and God said, let's try this again. Amen? Amen. Praise God for it. Praise the Lord for His forgiveness of sins. The fact that He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord for the Father. Let's talk about the younger son for a moment. Oftentimes we call him the prodigal son. That's not found in our scripture here. Prodigal means somebody who, uh, I wrote it, actually wrote it down, somebody who's wasteful and rec- recklessly extravagant. Okay? He went off with his daddy's money and he blew it. He ran with the crowd and he had a lot of friends when he had money. And he probably in the party scene and probably just drinking it up and doing whatever else. And, and people are all about him. And he had a lot of friends until he ran out of money. Because that's how it happens. Yeah. And nobody's our friend anymore when we run out of money. Amen. And then the Bible says a famine came and he didn't have anything to eat. So he went to get a job. What was he doing in the pig pen? Brother Gew and a Jew in the pig pen? No. No, that's a problem, isn't it? Hey, let's, let's recognize something real quick. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. There's a good old song that sings that. Sin will ta- I can't even sing it at the moment, but that's a good song. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. And that younger son... First of all, he was selfish, he was ungrateful, he was rebellious, he was all about himself. Notice in in the beginning of the text, it says in the younger, verse 12, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. You know what he was saying? He says, "Um, Daddy, I, I don't really care about you. You're still alive, but let's pretend for a second like you're dead so I can have your money. That's pretty selfish. It's pretty self-centered, isn't it? Yeah, a kid like that ought to be slapped. <laughs> Amen? I don't know if that's politically correct, but he needs a little slap upside the head. Right? Maybe it, rear end. Okay. All right. Let's put it where it's supposed to be. Amen? Really? Come on now. Some of us have done some dumb stuff, and he was dumb. All right? But sin took him to a, an awful level that he wasn't expecting. There may be some prodigals in here right now. Let me say that again. There may be some prodigals in here right now. 
itching, waiting for the chance to get out. Can I tell you that sin will take you farther than you want to go? Let me drive that home again. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. You ask people that have done it. Perhaps uh, you've taken for granted the truth that you have. The family that you have. The family that loves you and is invested in you. Moms and dads and grandma and grandpas that have, that have done so much to bring you to where you are. And we're ready to throw that away. Be careful now. Be careful. I love verse 17 here. It says, and when he came to himself. When he came to himself. In other words, he was a knucklehead. He was doing a bunch of dumb stuff. And he finally got smart. Hey, God is waiting. And so are we. Come on home. Come on home. That's what we need to tell people. Come on home. You're welcome here. God loves you. I love you and I want to help you. And you're welcome here. Once again, just like this morning, doesn't matter what you look like, what you smell like, what, what you've done, all of that stuff. The forgiveness of God is real. You're welcome here. Come on home. Come on home. Would you consider that song that we were singing today? That song that Jessica began to play on the piano softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. Calling for you and calling for me. Let's look at that real quick. Would you grab your songbooks for a minute? I believe it's Psalm, Song 161. Would you look at it, please? Song 161. Let me just say it again because in, in a crowd this size and in good Christian homes, I'm talking about Christian school kids. I'm, I'm talking about people that have been in church a long time and there's prodigals all through. It, it happens. There's younger kids. Some of us adults, we're prodigal in heart. Yeah. And, and, and the devil brings them by some little situation that's the escape and a lot of people start running. And it, it, this is not really right. We're just kind of going through the motions and looking like a certain way we're supposed to look. And then we realize that, wow, here's our escape and we run. It's not worth it. You talk to some of the folks that have been in the world and they've seen both sides of it, it's not worth it. Brother Martini, amen? Amen, it's not worth it. Amen? I'm not calling out him. I'm just saying him and I have had some conversations. It's not worth it. The world promises you some, some great things, but it ain't worth it. Sin puts you right in that pig pen. And you got some big plans and you got some big big uh, promises in your life. I mean, I had a plan. Man, I graduated high school. I had a plan. I thought I was going to go do this and make big money. I had a plan to buy a house before I even turned 21 and, pay, and, and paid off early. And I had these big plans. You know what happened? I got into debt. Big time debt. And I was miserable. Because that's not what God wanted for me. That's not what God wanted for me. Look at this softly and tenderly. We know this song. Would you just sing with me for a moment? Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. 
calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home, ye who are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home. Look at the next page, would you please? Maybe you know this one, maybe you don't. Lord, I'm coming home. This is a good one right here. Wouldn't it be great if we had some some young people to start singing this one right here? I'm coming home. Look what it says. I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod. Lord, I'm coming home. Coming home. Coming home. Nevermore to roam. Open wide thine arms of love. Lord, I'm coming home. So you've messed up. So you're, so you're guilty with some sin. So, so you've got some stuff and you feel dirty. Right here. Let's meet, let's meet Jesus right here. So, so, you, so you've got some, some marks of sin. So you've, so you've got a little bit on you and you just you feel guilty and the devil likes to beat you up. And he likes to remind you. That accuser of the brethren according to Revelation. He likes to throw some things at you and he likes to remind some things. Oh, but you did this. You're nobody. You're no good. What are you doing in there singing those songs? Yeah, he'll say that stuff. Yeah, what are you doing up there preaching? Because you know the sinner you are. Yeah. At least that's what he tells me. And I have to claim the blood of Jesus Christ and say, I've been, I've been forgiven. Yeah. It's all under the blood. It's time we come receive that forgiveness. It's time we stop walking that guilty, dirty life and ask for forgiveness and say, it's under the blood. Devil, you can't remind me of that because it's under the blood. I have been forgiven. Amen? It's time to put it behind us. It's time to come home. Come on home. Amen? Amen. There was the father, there was the younger son, but there's also the elder son. Did you see that? Okay, in this picture here, okay, the younger son really, when Jesus is speaking about this, that, that, those are, those are the, the publicans, those are the sinners, the younger son was. But the elder son, he was talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to, the, to those that, that, the religious folks, the ones that look good sitting in the church. That's who he's talking to. And what happens with the elder son? He's bitter. All right? Everybody up here, come on, we're okay. We're all right. 
All right, come on. He's bitter. He's a little upset. Well, he, did, he wasn't concerned about all the money and all that. Yes, he was. Did you see? Did you see what the text said? He says, wait a minute, Daddy. Wait a minute. You're throwing a party for him. You didn't throw one for me. He was thinking about himself. He was focused on himself. Why, why did he get angry? Because he was focused on himself. What does that mean? That means he wasn't really praying for his, his younger brother to come home. He was doing the work. He was in the field. He was thinking about all that he was working and building for himself. And he was focused on me. Focused on me. Hey, that's you and I so, so often. That's you and I. We're faithful doing what we're supposed to be doing here in the church. But sometimes this heart grows cold. Sometimes his heart grows cold. And we, somebody comes back into church and we just make faces. Are you with me? Well, I know what they've done. What? And preacher's going to let them do what? Pharisees. Many of us, Pharisees. Because we forget the forgiveness of God that you and I got. And we're not willing to give it to other people. Amen? Kind of like today. There's some wicked stuff in this church and out in the community. And we forget to give forgiveness. Just like we got. Just like we got. Too often, we're so focused on ourselves. And I wonder, really, when's the last time we prayed for some people that are outside our church that ought to be on the inside? When's the last time we really got on our face before God and started weeping over somebody that you love that's off in the world? Instead, we're just like that older brother. And we've grown stale and cold and self-centered and bitter. Really, the prodigal in his heart that was still in the place. The Pharisee. Yeah, that's been me at times. How often am I really praying for those that I love that are out and about? How often are you doing that? It's time, folks, that we forget the sin and love the sinner. Hate the sin, but love the sinner. It's time we start practicing what we believe. Amen? Amen? So the, tonight, let's wrap it up here. Here it is. The Father is a representation of our Father, our Heavenly Father. So are you the younger son or the older son? Which one are you? Are we the younger son or the older son? Either we need to come home and get right, or we need to get to this altar and pray over somebody else to come home and get right. Amen? Because you know people that you ought to be praying for, that it breaks your heart what they're doing and what's going on with them. But we aren't here before God praying over that and asking and begging and waiting for them, watching for them to come home. Because we're just so occupied with our life. And what we got going. So which one are we? The younger son or the elder son? Because either way, either way, we need to come to God. Yeah. Talking about children. Your grandchildren. Maybe somebody that you adopted in this church that you invested in. Some of you that spent time on the bus routes investing in people. And we don't even know where they are. And we act like we don't even care. 
if we would just be like the Father. You, you think Daddy wasn't praying? Praying and praying and praying that the younger son would come home. We know he was expecting it because he was watching for him afar off. It says when he saw him, he ran to him. He didn't wait to him to knock on the door. He saw him from afar off. That means he was expecting him to come home. The elder, elder son wasn't. Hey, this is a real life situation that Jesus talked about years and decades, thousands of years ago. time we get serious it's time that some of us come on home it's time for others of us to beg God somebody we love comes home amen let's pray together Lord please help us I don't know your purpose tonight but I do know that this is real and Lord way too often many of us are out and, and, and going our way and doing our own thing and running for what the truth is and running from what's right and we're hurting people along the way because we're being selfish. Lord, forgive us and help us. Lord, some of us have, are that elder son and we've got, we've got people that we love that are so far from the truth and so far from what's right and we act like, we, Lord, we just don't even care because we're not praying over it. We're not begging God for change. We're not trying to invite them. We're not trying to help them. God, we're just in our own way, in our own flesh, and we're doing our own thing. And I pray, God, you'd help us tonight to be more like the Father, expecting and waiting and, and praying for that return. Lord, help us tonight. Help us tonight. Church family, I'm going to ask you to stand. The altar's already being used. Brother